Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, the Nobel Prize in Literature has been awarded to Norwegian author and playwright Jon Fasse for his, quote, innovative plays and prose which give voice to the unsayable. Fasa has written such plays as Dream of Autumn and The Name and the Septology series of books which follows an aging artist as he reckons the divine. Those are just a few of the things he's done. He's published like 70 books. I had not known anything about Yon Fasa. I did went down my own little rabbit hole today about him and his work. Yeah, he seems to be a very, very celebrated Norwegian playwright and author. Yeah, he won the Nobel Prize this year. It's pretty cool. They've got some cool writers up there that like, because uh, they do a lot of fo- foho, right? There's a lot of Foho writers up there. Forest horror. Oh, Foho. It's your thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is I thought Foho? I popularized that. I thought everyone was up the speed yeah, of being no, on no. that. You created a whole genre, Chad. We, I just forgot about it. <laughs> yeah. It's only because of you, my friend, because you love Foho so much. <laughs> um, I mean, like, the only, like, obviously, like, the, the book, The Ritual, takes place in Sweden, uh, which is, like, nice and creepy. Uh, then like that's this, why I have that in my mind. Yeah, I think that might, might have been it, actually. Okay. I can, I can think of, like, a whole lot else. But yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. There's like this whole sphere of literature and playwrights that I had never even heard of that was obviously so popular uh, already. I mean, like the guy has won so many awards and it's just so, so it's like, you know, it's like Norway's like Steven Sondheim, you know, uh, he's just so popular and uh, I just never heard of him before, you know. It's just interesting how big the world is. Yeah, it's a rare find these days. They're probably becoming rarer as uh, the more deeper you get into the the book world. Do you know if he writes his books in English or do they get translated? Or not that it really matters because there's good translators, but... Most of the stuff that I saw looked like it was written in Norwegian. Um, but obviously, I mean, a lot of it's probably translated too. I think he actually works as a translator as well. Uh, a cool fun fact about him, uh, he lives in this place called the, the Grotta. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's a house or like a property that's set up by the Norwegian government for artists to live in. Um, like, so he's occupied it for the last like almost like 12 years or something. And then there were wow. other people that had occupied it before him. Like you say occupied, <laughs> like a nation invading. <laughs> kind of because like no one else lives. There. It's like his house. You know, right, right. Like, he doesn't own it. No, it's owned by the state, but it's like a, it's like an honorary kind of like you can live here. It's like how um, you know, like the president lives in the White House or like the prime minister sure. lives, uh, of England lives wherever that guy lives. Uh, well, now you get that gig being like um, a poet laureate. You know, he's going to be like really, really good at what you're doing. <laughs> treasure uh, to your nation. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. Sure that's, sure that's what he is. But it's just, yeah, like I, like I was saying before, just, I thought that was like a pretty cool piece of news because obviously the Nobel Prize in literature is um, very you know, a big deal, obviously, but then also just this idea that somebody could come along and, you know, I'm making all this book content and I've got my finger on the pulse of the book world as often as I possibly can. And then I've just literally never heard of this man in my life. You know, <laughs> it's just interesting. It's like you said, it amazes you how big the world is. It's, yeah, totally. again, I'm, maybe it shouldn't amaze me at this point or something. It's just a uh, continuing evidence of my limited perspective perhaps but i'll get on tiktok and i'll be like wow it's top someone's top five favorite books and i like know none of the people and they're like wow that's amazing it's about fantasy books or something and here i am thinking i'm like so well read <laughs> probably I slashed a few jules verne novels i don't know anything dude <laughs> but it's really cool to think about like how the amount of art that's out there that's so celebrated that you've never yeah. even heard of then it's just the amount of art that you can still like you'll never run out you'll never ever ever run out Another cool piece of news. I know this is fairly niche, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, a new special edition Expanse novel is being released. Uh, have you seen the special edition of Leviathan Wakes, Chad? 
No. So it's like it's a it's hardcover and like the, I know that all the expanse books were put out in hardcover, but for the most part, we're all buying the, the trade Ooh. paperbacks ones. But the this are you looking at it right now? Yeah, the special edition of yeah, Leviathan yeah. Wakes <laughs> yeah. has like these sprayed pink edges and it's a really beautiful book. And I thought see so I I never bought it because it was always like forty or fifty dollars. And I, I'd never really been all that interested in it because it would have looked kind of weird next to all the normal versions of the books like on my shelf. But uh, Caliban's War is releasing, which is that's book two in the Expanse, and it's getting a special edition, which leads me to believe: Are they doing this for all nine? And now, am I now going to have to like switch out all of my <laughs> Expanse books with all these special editions? Because the Caliban's War edition looks even cooler than the Leviathan Way. I'm not trying to sell anything to anybody, but just like I'm really excited about this because I like special edition books and I like sprayed edges and I like I love what, special edition. Like books. look look at the Caliban's War edition and if you're listening right now and you have a, a way to look at stuff up, uh look at the Caliban's War. Is it War the edition. red? Yeah. Sprayed edges? Oh my yeah. god, that looks so that looks like, cool. It looks it's exactly looks like a book from the 80s. That and Caliban's War is like uh, more than a lot of the other expanse books uh, significantly bloody uh and so i feel like it's a yeah. pretty solid one uh to have be read that looks cool yeah oh and also fun 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 little special edition fact for everybody the hobbit just came out with a special edition or i mean the hobbit's not a person but uh, <laughs> the hobbit now has a special edition so like i have like the lord of the rings like the tolkien illustrated version which is like the white dust jacket and like the black book and then i have the silmarillion which somebody was very kind and sent to me uh with the green sprayed edges with like you know the elvish Ooh. on it and stuff it's like a blue no dust that's a pretty book okay, so now uh the hobbit has just come out with a green dust jacket with uh blue sprayed edges and it, it's unfortunately it's 75 dollars, <laughs> which is I mean, I love books. You all, you all, you all know how much I love books. But uh, damn, that's that's really expensive for a book. So I'm probably not going to get it. I'm not saying, you know, nobody should buy seventy five dollar books. If you got the means, you got the means. I don't have the means personally, and uh, that's just so much to ask for. Like, it is still a, it's a stack of paper, man. Like, I don't know, it's seventy five dollars. Yeah. Like, that's that's a lot of money. It's a lot. Like. It is, though, you know, you also I've definitely heard out of your own very lips, especially since you just went through the move, uh, which I want to hear about how you're settling in and stuff in a second. But yeah, like totally. you have a lot of books, you've said as you're hauling them across town, you know, yeah. feeling them literally in, in the pain of your body. So maybe if you just like don't buy like like still spend the exact hey, same amount of money on books, but just buy less me. and buy special okay. editions <laughs> and then you'll be like. Like two years from now, you'd be like, whoa, I have like two shelves of like these delicious books that just make you like mm, shiver a little bit when you look at them, you know? I think there could be like some satisfaction there. Go for the quality, not quantity game. That's kind of what I was trying to do with the move, actually. You know, it's kind of like downsizing my collection and stuff, selling some stuff. I donated a lot of books. Um, I still have a lot, obviously. But um, what I was doing is like a, I was trying to like kind of go more for like aesthetic and sentimental value for like the shelves that are like behind me in my videos and stuff and kind of like trying to clean it up a little right. bit. And um, not that I'm, I'm not going to stop buying books or anything, but I think um, I'll probably end up buying a lot more books for my Kindle. And like, so like, I'm not going to buy like my, my days of buying like an $18 like trade paperback are probably over you know what i mean like i'm probably not going to do that anymore mm -hmm. i will buy a 28 dollar hardcover though like i'll definitely buy hardcovers and you know that's obviously <laughs> it's not like a super hard and fast rule i'm absolutely going to stick to all the time like if i see a book for 18 bucks as a trade paperback and i want i'll probably get it but uh, as a as a general sure. rule i'll probably stop buying like 
you know, because I just like reading on my Kindle. I think it's really great. It's really convenient. Like trade paperbacks aren't like my favorite way to read. I do like I, do, I like a good mass market though. Probably keep buying those mass markets because uh, I really like Man, the mass market. I love a good mass market. Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's something to be said about the consistency. Is like you've literally developed a muscle like memory relationship with that feeling and size of book. You know, the mass market. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. You have so many of them. You've read so many. You know, I think. My favorite form of book is the paperback that's not the, like I love me a mass market, but I like if it's like a really big, thick book, mass market can get a little like if you read the way of Kings mass market, it's like it's, it's like ridiculous. Uh, it's like square, you know, but I like the little bit longer big ones like the China Mieville, um books that I got sent. Yeah, those are um, trade paperback. Yeah. Those are, I call it a trade paperback. Yeah, those are trade paperback. Yeah, I really like that style for a little bit of a bigger book because I can hold it in one hand. It feels good. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I mean, it, it's funny too because like there's there's like trade paperbacks that are like a certain size, but there's like smaller ones, and then now they're doing like smaller hardcovers too. Like that's very much in vogue right now. Is like, you know, like the 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 hardcovers that are about the same size as a trade paperback. What I think would be really cool is to do more hardcovers that are the size of mass markets. I don't know if I'm into that. How would we do some of those? That'd be pretty. <laughs> That'd Tiny be pretty little awesome. things. Yeah, like little little. That seems like it would be. I don't. I don't know why it seems like weird. You know. I, I like it. I want to do that. It's like I'd laugh at someone like oh. I'd like accidentally scorn them like you fool reading some tiny little hardback book. Like, but I don't know why it's weird. Don't even tell me like if you were in Barnes and Noble or something and you saw like all the expanse books, but they were like these little hardbacks, you know what I mean? Like these, <laughs> and it was like for sure. 70 bucks for like all nine of them or something. I would totally buy that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Doing, doing home invasions, but that's going to like be lots more throwable, you know, it's going to oh, yeah. do some serious damage to someone coming in. Yeah, you so throw nine weapon of them. also, right. You could just stack them Dude, yeah. arm and just throw them, you know? Dude, yep, you'd be vicious. All good things here. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, dude. Well, tell me about your week. What have you been? Uh, what have you been reading? Uh, okay, so a week has been. You have to tell me on the since we've been talking about it whether or not you read the physical version or the digital version. I want to know. Sure, I, I can totally know. do that. Um, yeah, so a week has been pretty good. I'm still kind of settling into this place. Uh, I've been working a little bit more than usual at my uh, my other job and stuff. I've been exercising a lot more lately. Like I've been cool. running outside and I've been going to the gym a lot because uh, I quit smoking and um, I need to get my dopamine from somewhere. This this feels pretty good. Um, it's been pretty awesome. I was in a lot worse shape than I thought I was. Uh, so I've kind of like I haven't, I haven't like injured myself or anything, but I think I might have gone a little too hard a couple of those days. And, um, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking about starting an exercise and you haven't for a while, I would, I would definitely recommend taking it easy uh, for a little while. Just like while your body gets used to it again, because mine wasn't for sure. I, I like laid around for like almost like an entire year and didn't do <laughs> like hardly any physical effort uh, at all. And um, I thought it was going to be really awesome, but it actually kind of ruined my life a little bit. <laughs> I'm like picking up the pieces. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, and, you I know, like you were kind it. of warning there, I think it's a really good thing to set yourself small attainable goals because like i don't know about you and well i do know about you actually and you do do this i feel like when both of us make a goal we're kind of like i'm gonna do this like this huge change of life thing and i'm gonna do it 100 great tomorrow oh, yeah, and then the every time. day forever yeah. and it's like man change don't doesn't happen like that it happens a little bit nope. over long periods of time so no i mean it's it's just been really nice and uh, i'm happy that i'm doing it and like the neighborhood that i'm in is really cool i'm i'm stoked about it i think moving moving was definitely like a really big upheaval in my life and it, it was something I, I don't think i was like super mentally prepared for just like exactly how much 
effort it was going to take and like just it's just big expense and everything but we're finally there so it's, it's really nice and i've had a lot more time to read which has been really cool i finished uh the undertaking of heart and mercy by megan bannon which was just like one of the most delightful books i've read this year i really really enjoyed it it is about it's a secondary world and it's about a woman who works uh, as an undertaker and like kind of like deals with with dead bodies and then there is a another person named heart who is a marshal in like this kind of like army I, it's not really an army but like he's he is a, a an officer so to speak it's all like this really cool like really well put together like enemies to lovers kind of thing but i really liked the way that it, it kind of progressed because they like went in in a direction that i felt like I, I like about halfway through the book i was like oh well it's all wrapped up already like why is there more of the book and then the book kept getting more interesting and it's just it was so like lighthearted, but also had a really good message to it and there were some pretty good you know just kind of like heavy moments that i felt like served the story and made it a lot more like believable and if like the characters were really well put together and just it was just an awesome book i think the sequel comes out or at least another book set in that world in a couple months but um as i said in a couple uh like tiktok videos and maybe like the last podcast i'm not reading any scary books for fall this year i'm only reading cozy stuff like i just want to read cozy like rom-com um like just stuff like that like legends and lattes that's great stuff that's all that's i don't want to read anything scary i'll save it for you don't have to something Uh, well yeah (laughs) i read a lot of horror in the last couple years and i just don't really feel like it right now um horror is one of my favorite genres of course but uh speaking of cool cozy stuff though i'm also reading uh, i just started a couple days ago this book called the house witch which is sounds so cozy it's it's awesome it's by an author named Delam. Delam Hatch. It's like one word, and I, I think it might have started as like a username. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think it started as like not uh, traditionally published. You know what I mean? Uh, right, right. Like shirts on the internet. Uh, yeah, for like shirts Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, man, it is so so cool. It's about like this uh, this guy who shows up at like this kind of like royal like a castle like this royal household and shows up and kind of like is in charge of cooking all the meals and stuff. But there's like quite a bit more about him than meets the eye. Like like his personality is like he's he's like neurotic but like super confident and like really capable and like there's like all this other like kind of cast of characters that's like in the castle that's really interesting and then there's like this other kind of like secondary stuff happening that's really interesting Uh, and man i i just really like the vibe of it a lot and there's three of them and i got the audiobook for like three dollars for some like massive deal that amazon was having um so yeah i mean if anybody's listening you can get the you can get the audiobook for this for like three bucks and the narrator is really good uh, the house so hit me with yeah. a little bit more of like like so far we've got gordon ramsay making stuff you know something neurotic but confident so what is that what is else Ooh, yeah. i guess is happening within the storyline that is like Ooh, well, it, interesting. It, it seems like there's something going on like with the kind of like more inner politics of not only this castle okay. but like the world around it and i think that this guy it's called an intrigue yeah there's some intrigue going okay. on here and th- there also seems to be a little bit of um maybe like a will they won't there kind of like situation with one of the other levels and stuff too so i'm really into it uh like the narrator for the audiobook is really good man i'm just i'm just really happy that i'm reading this kind of stuff that's like a little more under the radar like kind of cozy like not necessarily epic fantasy and um just because like i'm reading wrath right now or excuse me <laughs> ruin not wrath ruin the i keep calling it <laughs> wrath but i literally wrath had is... to change my notes earlier yeah, the same okay. thing so i'm reading ruin right now um which is the third book in faithful and the fallen and i think it's picking up like even better than valor is i think that like this whole series just seems to kind of just keep 
like ratcheting up in intensity and excitement yep. like a train picking um, up speed it's really cool but it's just like it's very heavy and i'm um, also still reading iron gold it's still it's really heavy you know it's just like there's so much heaviness and <laughs> like a lot of the stuff that i'm reading so it's really nice to read some more like kind of mellow stuff that's a little more like the, the stakes just aren't quite as high but also uh i just started today i only read the first chapter so I still don't really know what it's about. I'll let everybody know next week. Uh, but I started Yumi and the Nightmare Painter, which is the new Brandon Sanderson book. I, I really don't know anything. I didn't look it up. I don't know anything. I went into it totally blind. All I know is that people are really excited about it. And people seem to think that this is the best of the secret projects that he's put out so far. This is the fourth one. But the, the I mean, the cover is beautiful. It's the first chapter was really good. I, honestly, man, like I've never been a huge fan of Sanderson, but like, after reading Trust of the Emerald Sea and even just the first chapter of this book, his writing is getting so freaking good. Like it's like, cause yeah. at first I feel like with like Elantris and Mistborn, and even to a certain extent, the way of Kings, it felt a little choppy. Like it felt like just a little bit kind really? of like, I felt that Mistborn, bit. not way of Kings yeah. though. Um, I feel like yeah, by there, Kings, he's just, mm. he's really, he really hits his stride with the Stormlight archive, but like, man, this feels, especially, I mean like Trust of the Emerald Sea felt very like effortless and, different for his prose and stuff but like man with this it's just like i don't know it's glides he's, he's just he's, he's a master you know he's just so freaking good at what he does and i feel like his writing is just keeps improving and improving if you stack like you me and the nightmare painter up against elantris so it's like two completely different writers i would really recommend checking out uh you me like already because i'm only a chapter into it i know it sounds like kind wow. of wow but i like as soon as i started it i was like oh all right this is pretty cool the last time I read, um, uh, last time I read any Sanderson, oh, I guess was um, Warbreaker. Warbreaker, yeah, when we did that. But I hit him really hard, like a phase where I went through and Mistborn, and then Way of Kings, that whole series. Like, and there was a second time that I read it because I think the newest one had just come out, and I just had read a lot of him, and I haven't read him in a while, and I feel like he's such a prolific author that he's one of those people that. I'm actually, I'm actually gonna have to work to keep up. You know, I'm like six books behind now. Oh no, they, <laughs> like, no, no, seriously, like, like it's a lot. I opened up Yumi and the Nightmare Painter, and it was like the first and second page of the book is all of the books that he's written, and it's so many. There's so many. It's I had never really thought that much about how prolific he really was, but man, and he's like not that old. Like he's still got like thirty or forty books in him. I'm sure. You know, it's just wild. Like he's he's just written so much, and and I think that the, one of the reasons why Sanderson comes up in, in conversation with fantasy so much, it's not just that he's written so much or that he writes so fast. It's the consistency and quality. Like that's what it is. You know, I mean, like he just keeps putting out these banger books that are like you know they're not the greatest thing anybody's ever read in their entire lives but like they're still really good books like i bet your most authors like i guess you're an author and you don't but i would see it very easy to hate him kind of as an author <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I feel like he's adding so much to the landscape that is fantasy um without really taking much away so i think it's really awesome yeah if anything but, you know like i think it's really good for the industry I don't, I don't see why it would ever be bad to put as much as you no. possibly can out you know absolutely and i know that he has a really good team behind him so it seems like he's kind of streamlined his like personal life and professional life and he's very much in control of it and he's got a nice team that he's like hand selected and kind of curated to accomplish the goal that he finds important and so yeah I, he's a pretty effective operating machine for sure yeah like in his acknowledgments there's literally like like a hundred people and his acknowledgments yeah. and, and it's like there's an entire like he's got his whole big beta reader team his community 
yeah, he's got a whole community and it, it must be really fun for him too. I mean, because like the artwork for Yumi and the Nightmare Painter is, and this just this edition, there's like multiple editions of it, you know, uh, but the artwork for it is really beautiful. And you know, just to like have the kind of like resources to be like, this is what I think would be really cool. And then somebody does a bunch of art and like makes it look really amazing. You know? It's really pretty. Oh yeah, it's a gorgeous book. I bought it for thirty dollars, and uh, like I'm, I'm kind of cheap. Be I don't know if anybody's really noticed this, but like I, I kind of like joke about how expensive books are, like frequently, and like I'm just kind of, I don't know, like it's just, it's like I'm just like annoyed with like how fucking expensive everything is lately, and it's like it's I went like, to twenty bucks, good book selling this for fifty cents. I mean, like, <laughs> like, like, uh, I went to Barnes and Noble a little bit ago, and it's like like nineteen dollars for like this, like three hundred page. And I get it. I, yeah. I know that the industry is a lot more complicated than just like, this is a stack of paper. Why is it so expensive? You know, I, I know that. But also, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Well, it's not only that. It's it's a lot of money when everything is like, if, if it's like, wow, well, why are you complaining? Everything just goes up like two bucks. It's like, but everything, and that's a lot yeah, of littles. Totally. And a lot of yeah. littles yeah. Uh, is a lot. Yeah, everything's expensive <laughs> as hell. So uh, it's easy I, to get resentful. What's cool is uh, Effie works at Trader Joe's, so uh, we get 20% off they sell Trader books? Joe's. No, but they sell oh, cool. food. <laughs> and I like yeah, food yeah. just as uh, much yes. as I like books. That other staple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so that's everything that I'm reading right now. And then as far as some other stuff I've got going on, uh, I'm still playing Lies of P, which is that kind of like Bloodborne clone. Uh, I ran into a bit of a wall with it, but I beat a particularly difficult boss last night, actually. And so I'm still kind of grinding through. It's a really good game. It's really awesome. I'm on another playthrough of Tears of the Kingdom, actually, right now. And it's funny because I just... Wow, that's the new Zelda game for anyone who... Uh, doesn't yeah, it's know. a new Zelda game. Um, so when I was in the first, like, five days-ish of when I, when I quit smoking, I think I said this on an earlier podcast, but I don't think I've really, like, explained or, like, <laughs> told everybody. Like, there, there's a reason why I keep talking about it and why I've posted multiple times on Instagram about how big of an achievement it is for me to have quit nicotine. Y'all, I was so addicted to nicotine. <laughs> like I was vaping and smoking cigarettes. Like I was, it was, it was, I was a mess. Like I was vaping so much. Even over the course of this episode, while Chad and I have been talking, I would have hit my vape like 50 times by now. You know, like I, I, I was just, it was a lot. He got pretty good, however, I will say, at leaning away from the microphone. Because the first yeah. couple I had to edit up, he's like... Go, if you go back and listen <laughs> to those, some of those episodes, you'll catch it. You'll, you'll hear I didn't it. Get you know, you, we didn't get them all. didn't get them all. But anyway, I was using it a lot. And so quitting it was really difficult for me. I'm not saying it's not difficult for anybody else. It was just, it was really, really hard, especially those first like five days. Uh, so what I did, you know, I, I wrote down everything I really needed to do. You know, all of my obligations and responsibilities and stuff. And I made sure I was going to be able to do those. But what I really did for like, and you'll notice there's a really big gap in my posting on Instagram and TikTok. I was basically not on my phone. I basically watched almost every episode of The Office and I played Breath of the Wild for like five days straight. Those are relaxing days. Yeah. And I, I mean, they didn't feel super good. Like they didn't. Well, yeah. You're also quitting sugar and caffeine too. Let's not forget about that. It was really hard. But Breath of the Wild kind of gave me that itch while I was doing that. And so I started playing Tears of the Kingdom again because when I played Tears of the Kingdom when it came out in May. I'm such a big Zelda fan that I just kind of blasted through the story because I wanted to see what the story was and kind of just get through the game and see what they did. And I thought that I had got kind of like a good flavor for everything, but no, there was there was a lot more to that game than I thought there was. And I need to really just 
go off trail a little bit. Yeah, so like now I'm actually kind of like taking my time with it and just kind of playing it the way that I was playing Breath of the Wild when I was trying to quit smoking, where I was just I started at like one corner of the map and just like combed through the entire thing. Oh you know? wow! Uh, yeah, it takes forever. That's methodical. <laughs> but you can be really methodical with those games. But yeah, they're so peaceful and really cool. And I still think I like Breath of the Wild more. Like Tears of the Kingdom is a better game, but I think I like Breath of the Wild more. I think we have a juxtaposition issue, right? Because we have like not these type of new awesome Zelda games, and then we have Breath of the Wild. That's like a huge difference. And then we have like really awesome, new, awesome, great, awesome, triple awesome Breath of the Wild. And then we have Tears of the Kingdom. And then it's just like, it's more awesome, sure, or maybe, but like it's not hugely different than not having the thing at all. You know? I see what you're saying. Yeah, they're like the the change, like the pivot that happened exactly. in 2017 was um it was a really big deal i mean like personally i think it. that i think breath of the wild is more vibey you know it's just it's like a okay. quieter emptier oh, game vibe-y. yeah it's it's like there's a lot more silence in breath of the wild there's a lot more hmm. of you just kind of walking around and I'm not saying that doesn't exist in tears of the kingdom but tears of the kingdom just has a lot more going on in it it feels like a little more cluttered and also like one of the main story points of Tears of the Kingdom is that like Hyrule has been kind of like physically like altered, you know, it's like there's been a, 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 an actual terrestrial like upheaval, you know what I mean? Oh. It, it changes the landscape of like the area that you're playing in. And I don't like it that much because like in Breath of the Wild, any time I looked around, I kind of knew exactly where I was. And in Tears of the Kingdom, there's so many hills and like rocks and stuff everywhere that like I can't really get a good like super good gauge of where I am a lot of the time without looking at the map. Um, if you know, if you like look at the volcano in relation to where the castle is and stuff, you can kind of get like a rough idea of where you're at. But I feel like with Breath of the Wild, it was like a lot more. And let me know in the Discord like what you think about this because I definitely am curious to see if anybody is on like the same page as me as far as like Breath of the Wild being. I don't know. It's like. <laughs> it's like you know it's it's like when you're listening to bands that you really like and you're like this album is obviously way better but this one was the one that i, I like it's got all the the feelies in it you know totally but that's everything that i've had going on all week uh just like decent amount of working reading um i'm officially on submission for your book yeah so when we talked last week i thought we were i was on submission or I thought I was going on submission that Monday, or I can't remember exactly the timeline, but I thought I was on submission. Like my agent texted me like five days ago or something. It was like, all right, we're ready to go. Like, and You're I was counting like, days that didn't even matter. I was, I was like, <laughs> I was like, excuse me. I thought we were on submission this whole time. And he was like, no, we're going out with it on Monday. And I was like, man, I've been like sitting here thinking like everyone hated my book and I'm never going to hear from you again. Like I was, <laughs> did you tell him that? I hope you did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I did tell him yeah. that. Uh, um, but he thought it was funny and, um, yeah, it's just like a miscommunication and uh, I'm officially on submission right, right now. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see what's going on. Um, I just want to like let everybody know, uh, before I hand over the the microphone so to speak to you chad i want to let everybody know that if somebody does want to publish it unfortunately it's gonna take a while like I, I wish i could just like throw this book in everybody's hands uh, immediately but i want to go through this whole process i'm also kind of like learning about this process as we go to and uh, learning more about the industry and stuff so i just want to let everybody know like i don't know maybe it'll come out like this time next year or something which would it'd be a bummer for sure like that's uh that's just kind of the way the industry is hopefully because of the way this process is, I'll have some pretty awesome resources and be able to get like a cool cover and like a really good editor and 
you know, some money. <laughs> some money would be awesome too. Even if it wasn't your first one, this road was paved. I would imagine it would still take a lot longer than the average person thinks yeah. it probably does. Exactly. Yeah. And every process always. It doesn't even matter what the process is. Everything just usually takes longer than you think it will. But a lesson I need to learn. I I do want to tell everybody though, if this does not get picked up, do not worry. I will self-publish it. Yeah, you will. You will. You will read it. If anybody was curious, like I will not be deterred if I don't get published. With this book, I will self-publish this book and I will keep writing more books and you will keep reading them if you want to. Like, so just, just so everybody knows, this is just one little facet of the process of me writing books. You know, I might put out some, uh, some stuff that not everybody really loves. I don't know. I have no idea, but, uh, I will never stop. So if you keep reading, I'll keep writing. And I'll probably keep writing if you stop reading too, because I love it so much. So I just wanted to let everybody know that we're, uh, we're, we're, we're rolling right along. Damn. No, authors, I feel like maybe take for granted the fact that the thing that they create at the end of like expressing themselves, their art is a sellable thing, right? Like I write rap songs like almost every day. I have hundreds <laughs> of rap songs or poems, however we want to call it. Usually they're set to some sort of like beat. I mean, I never went into it thinking I was sell- going to sell my rap songs, but like I couldn't really even if I tried, I feel like and it's really cool that at the end of the artistic expression of an author, they have a actual sellable product where it's like, yeah, I mean, I love yeah. what I do. I'm always going to keep writing poetry and stuff, but like, I'm not going to be able to sell it, you know, well, you put it into a book and sell it. Like you think so? But I mean, no, I wouldn't buy that. Well, dude, everybody <laughs> I probably that. buy that and I love it. Well, wouldn't you think it was, it would be cool if it was in like, just like a, in book form, you know, why not put it in book yeah, form get, put it on, like, put it on Amazon, put it from, on Kindle Unlimited. Who cares? Yeah, maybe so. Why not? Maybe I am not permitting the diversity in people's interests uh, or allowing that thought to get into my brain and be like, I oh, don't know, it's just because I would never buy that. No one else would, but like, maybe they would. I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, it depends on what you want to do, right? Because I would argue you don't have to sell everything you make. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, of course know, not. It's just nice that. that it's sellable. Well, I mean, sellable is kind of like whatever. Like, I mean, <laughs> everything is sellable, you know? Like, so, like yeah, you're not someone wrong. will buy anything, you know? But what I'm saying, though, is like you can kind of choose to have your art be your art that you didn't show anybody and that's 100 valid or you can cross that line and put it out in front of people and that's 100 valid too uh, it's, it's up to you whether or not you want to like cross that line you know what i mean right because um, it's intimate thing regardless yeah, of whether you sell it or not you no, know it's i mean yeah it's <laughs> you are definitely putting yourself out there yeah i know painters who could probably make a lot of money who won't sell their pay because it's like a part of them. They love them, you know? <laughs> I mean, some art you make for yourself, some art you want to uh, communicate with other people. That's just like, I have stuff on my computer that I've written, like short stories and stuff that I'm probably not going to put out because I don't want, I literally don't want to. Like, it's like, it's literally like this right. thing that I felt like I was, I liked it in the moment and I don't like it anymore. And I, I'm happy that I did it because, and I'll keep it because I like having it but and i'm happy that i did it because it helped me with my ability to develop scenes and you know resolutions and things like that but it's still like kind of a crappy short story that i don't want to put in anything you know um but that's yeah, just for like sure. for me i have you know? hundreds of terrible rap songs <laughs> yeah i mean it's just if you wrote if you write something that's like so personal that you would rather personally like nobody saw it but you like that's a that's still art. Right. Like it's still like one hundred percent definitely done, and, and very helpful too. Like therapeutic, even cathartic. Yeah, and you know, I guess uh, something to be said for the bravery of artists or of authors is that 
at least with a musical person, they are expressing the art in the way they want to. They get to read it. Like I would never want to just hand you one of my rap songs because I don't think that you would be able to read it in the way that I want it to flow because it has a rhythm built into it. And I don't know if that's even transferable into the way I write it, you know? Um, and so it wouldn't be like understood as I want it to be seen or whatever. But like authors, they're kind of forced into being like, here, you have to <laughs> interpret this as you will. <laughs> like they don't get to present it directly, you know? Yeah, I remember when I was playing music, um, I, you know, people would ask like, oh, don't you get nervous before shows and stuff? And it's like playing to like a few hundred people sometimes. And it's like, well, I mean, not really, because it's like, there's like kind of um, a degree of separation between like me and the audience as far as like, it's it's music, you know, this, this, it's not this, it's not as tangible. I feel like it's, it's a little bit more ethereal, I, I should say. Totally. It's, it's not as specific. It's not as, but like with writing words down, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's literally the thoughts that I was having. And right, was, right. there were, there were specific thoughts that I, that I thought were important enough to write down with words that you will understand immediately upon reading it. Like it's, and obviously you'll process it differently because of your own lived experience and stuff. But I mean, it's, it's very clear what I was saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? It also lasts, you know, the sound vibrates away pretty quickly, you know, unless you record it, but you know, at a concert or whatever, whereas the book is there forever. <laughs> yep. That's why I'm a really big proponent for like, if you're an artist, like volume, volume is a, awesome like make as much stuff as you can you know what i mean like yeah. because any because crafter skill you'll constantly surprise yourself and you'll constantly feel like you're getting better you're learning more you'll 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 find yourself more satisfied than not more often when you're making putting out a lot of volume and then you you start getting more comfortable with the idea of like not putting so much I don't know, what's the word i'm looking for importance i guess so yeah i mean like you don't uh significance i guess towards the projects okay. that you're working so if so if you've only if you only wrote one song then that's it like that's that's your entire it better be amazing all of your all of your pride all of your judgment all of your opinions on yourself are now relegated to like that one piece of thing that you did you know but and then there's just like ah no like but if you do like if you did like 150 songs you know what i mean like then you've got all these branches of like how you were feeling and, and they all connect to each other and you can kind of like compare and contrast and like have context for stuff. And, right. and if one's bad, you're not all bad. Yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> the chances of you doing something that you're proud of, not that you won't do something that you're proud of with the first thing you did. I mean, that happens for sure. Some people are really good at stuff right when they start. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, like I didn't start feeling good about like what I was putting down word wise, like when I was writing till about like, I want to say like six months to six months ago, Wow, probably where I felt like confident, but I've been writing since I was like 25. So it's like, totally. And I was writing before that too, but I've been like solidly trying uh, to do it. And I'm, you know, and, and it's funny too, because like I'm 33 right now. So in 10 years, I'll probably look <laughs> at stuff I put out now and be like, damn, dude, like you really didn't even have a grasp on this. Like you didn't even like, wow. And then when I'm 53, totally. again, 43, I'll be like, ah, you were almost there, man. But like now yeah. it's really good. You know, dude, that's why I've never let myself have a tattoo. Cause Chad 10 years ago was a dumb ass. <laughs> tattoos. Tattoos are cool though. They, they tell dude, like, a I story, love them on other people. You know? <laughs> I just think I would choose wrong for me, you know? Like, I mean, it begs the question, like, what horrible thing are you thinking of getting tattooed? 
I don't know, but I'm sure that 10 years from now, I would probably put it in that category. I mean, I would probably put a little juice star on me somewhere, but I can't do that because like every like 60 years, the world decides to like kill my people by the millions. So I probably shouldn't like shout <laughs> that, you know, so dark. <laughs> so seriously though, you know, like, no, they're no, no, yeah, trying yeah. to be faking themselves as a German, like a Jew tattoo. wouldn't help. That'd be the, like the star of David. You mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 totally. Is there a different tattoo that you could get that you'd feel comfortable that would express kind of like the same that would be subtle enough yeah yeah like yeah um think about it get back to me i will think about it yeah that's yeah. a good that's a good thought because it would be cool to have an answer to it even regardless of my tattooing it on yeah. my person you know do you, you have a few tattoos right yeah i do uh but i haven't gotten one in a while and they hurt i don't care what it is People are like, tattoos don't hurt. Like, you're lying. Oh, they just kind of love the pain or whatever. You're a liar. <laughs> like, it yeah. hurts, like, a lot, actually. You know, I mean, there are certain parts of the body that don't hurt as much. Like, I got one on my calf that was, like, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Um, but then I got one on, like, my shoulder blade. And, like, yeah, dude, that sucked. Like, that was really lame. I didn't like that at all. Dude, same reason that people say, like, you know, Wheel of Time is good. They're like, yeah, you spent six months of your life reading it. You have to say it's good. But, like... <laughs> <laughs> Man, so so funny that you brought up Wheel of Time. I've been I've been kind of listening to it again. Oh wow, you, like, you naughty little boy! <laughs> I'm like I'm like halfway through Eye of the World right now. <laughs> That's um, not kind of listening. I've been flirting with the idea of maybe possibly. Oh, yeah, I guess I am kind of listening. The, like halfway through the book. <laughs> man, it 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 rocks. Wheel of Time is so really? good. Oh, it's awesome, man. Okay, so I've been listening to it on audiobook. Uh, I have like the first like five on audiobook. So I don't know, maybe I'll keep keep going it's just kind of like um something i put on when i'm like you know just doing random stuff i i i'm gonna say something right now that's gonna be say it it might be a little inflammatory say it with your chest this might be one of the most uh hot takes yeah this might be my biggest hot take not a big fan of michael kramer's narration i don't think he's okay i don't think he shouldn't do it i don't think he should be canceled or anything i i, I just personally i'm not a big fan of michael kramer's narration Did you say um, he's overrated no <laughs> <laughs> i only asked that because evan hates the term overrated i do uh but yeah um uh, michael kramer so if anyone is not familiar michael kramer and his wife uh, kate reading um read the wheel of time books and they did all the stormlight archive books uh, they read them I together yeah yeah and wow, i think cool i think also what michael awesome kramer reading. did mistborn but i've never listened to mistborn uh, Michael Kramer has done a lot of audiobook work. He's good at what he does. I just personally am not like. Is it a pacing or a I, voice? I'll, I'll, I'll do an impression. I'll do an impression of him, and oh, maybe way better. <laughs> please do that. Uh, if this is bad, please delete it. Oh yeah, I'll definitely delete it if it's bad. I won't delete it, guys. Keep going. <laughs> okay, so the thing that I'm not a big fan of with Michael Kramer is that it he he kind of like puts an upward inflection on a lot of the ends of his sentences so they, mm. they almost kind of sound like questions and he's right. got like this very kind of like super laid back way of reading which it almost makes it sound like he could really give a shit less about what he's reading uh so i'm gonna try this impression it might be bad so just let me this is what i'm this is what i'm hearing when i'm listening to michael kramer so with a guilty start Rand returned to watching the side of the road tam's matter-of-factness reminding him of his task he was a head taller than his father, taller than anyone else in the district, and had little of Tam in him physically, except perhaps a breadth of shoulder. Gray eyes and the reddish tinge to his hair came from his mother, so Tam said. She hadn't... <laughs> Sorry. 
I'm not even gonna keep going with this. That's but really like, good. And you don't even know, bro. I pulled up Michael Kramer. I had both of you. I had the real Michael Kramer reading to me at the exact same time that you were reading that. It's really close. He reads like this and kind of has yeah. this little lilt to his voice. Yeah, you, you did pretty good. And I'm sorry if I'm ruining it for anybody. I don't mean to do that. We know you're listening, Michael. Sorry. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening, Michael. I'm sorry that I'm dragging the way that you do this thing that you obviously are really popular for doing and everybody really <laughs> likes you except for me because I'm I'm very much in the minority here. I see where you're coming from. I think a lot of people really love Michael Kramer, but <laughs> it's just something about it. And then when he does like his really intense voices, you know, so like when something uh, like really, really crazy is happening, he'll, he'll he's just kind of like... It's like the same volume. He doesn't like throw his voice really. He's just like, no, don't go in there. He gets nasally with it. And then. <laughs> actually, yeah, he does actually get a little nasally with like pot on fane and stuff. Actually, a his, lot of characters, a lot of readers okay, do that. I will say his versatility, like his, the variation that he has with voices is really top notch. Like it's very, very good. Yeah. His consistency with like making sure that everybody has their own distinct sounds and stuff, even with like Matt and Perrin and Rand all sound different, which is really awesome because they're really important and very distinct characters. And I think his, his voice for women is pretty good too. Like pretty solid. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think just like his normal kind of just reading voice is just kind of grates on me a little bit. I kind of see what you're saying, man. Uh, it's a good thing he reads the longest books there are. So yeah, right, man. It's funny, you know, <laughs> the way I tell like a real, maybe not master, but someone who like knows what they're doing when they're reading an audiobook. And this is just a good way if if you're trying to get into the audiobook narration game. Oh, and you're like, man, I just don't have a million accents and voices. And it's like, man, there is nothing worse than hearing someone try to do a voice that they're not good at and sticking with it the entire like it ruins that character so don't even do that you know if you're a guy you shouldn't be talking like this for your females like don't do that you know you won't be able to ever have your voice in that higher of a register if you have a low registered voice and so you just have to change it a little bit that we know it's a character and the real like sauce when i'm like ooh, nice is when they don't necessarily change their voice all that much. They can do that too if they're good at it, but they change the cadence, the mm, rhythm that yeah. the person talks. You know, like Obama, he had a very much a lilting pattern to his voice. And he would like have this like stutter, not stutter, this um start stop yeah, totally. kind of approach at talking, you know, with that closed fist and the thumb pointing at you. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just very soothing to listen to. And so if you can kind yeah. of adopt like patent uh general Patton has a really famous speech and i really like his kind of his is similar to obama though it's a little bit more pronounced and so i like hearing that in a audio book narrator because it can really it sounds like a totally different character though you're not changing your actual voice that much if that makes sense i'm gonna call out another audiobook narrator while i'm here oh get uh, it <laughs> um paul bamer who does the uh i don't know if i'm pronouncing his name right again another like gifted audiobook narrator that's like not doing anything wrong obviously like he's evan narrating doesn't a book actually really well. <laughs> no but i found out that like paul bamer he does the uh, farseer trilogy uh audiobooks oh. i think he does the night angel trilogy by brent weeks as well um again like cool voices like good delivery like not not saying he's bad at what he does but it is weird because he was born in the united states he's american has an american accent does an English voice, an affected English voice, which I don't think is bad, especially like if, if you're reading with your American accent and an English character comes in and you do an English voice, that's what it calls for. Do that, obviously. But like, dude, you're doing an English accent for three whole books, like the whole thing, like everything's English. Like it might not be his fault. I've been requested to do no, that. No, I'm not saying from it's the, I'm not, not author. Yeah, I'm not saying like he, sh again, like I'm not being like, why did he do it like this? But it is right. just like, you but it's like, why did they pick an American to do a British accent instead of a British person? That's true. Is he super good at it or no? 
That's not why you don't like him. It doesn't. It, it kind of sounds like an American guy doing a British accent. Sure, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's like, I mean, I guess that's kinda cool. Uh, but also, yeah, you are you are not. The, uh, and I guess Paul Bamer was in uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's like there's definitely a lot of like native British speaker audiobook narrators out there. And some of the finest, in my opinion, there's nothing like that uh, English accent to carry me through a tale. I mean, like maybe he is. In- here's here's the benefit of the doubt because i don't know paul bamer boemer uh but maybe what happened was he was born in dayton ohio in 1965 and then moved to england for a while and actually does have a real uh, but then also went back to college Are you on his and, wiki page yeah and then and then oh. <laughs> and then maybe moved back to college maybe moved back to delaware for college and then moved back to england uh but i don't think that's what happened i think that he's an american doing an english accent like because yeah probably it, so like, he probably faked it over there so he wouldn't get like picked on that school yard no, you he know, didn't actually then... move to england like Oh, that's not a fact. Oh, okay. no. What I'm saying is like either he was born in Ohio, moved to England and sure. developed an English accent and then came back for college and then went back to England and continued oh, with okay. his English accent or I thought you were reading his wiki page. No, or he was born in America and is affecting an English accent with an and he's got an American accent. Which of those do okay, you think gotcha. is the more likely? And I'm saying the, yeah, latter. Probably, <laughs> the, probably, the latter. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, hey, while we're hating on audiobook readers, oh my uh, God. Jeez, I'm going to throw uh Laya Summers, who reads uh, Priory of the Orange Tree into it because of the dragon voices, man, who just this booming dragon voice. And it just ripped me right out of the story every time. And I just, wow, was like not a, a fan, though the, skilled the, she was. The dragon voices in the inheritance cycle, like with Safira, I, I should say, just Safira's voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Is she like smoker? She was like crushing a pack of marbles every yeah, day for the last pretty, 20 yeah, years. Was, I was, the, I gotta admit, the first time I was listening to those audiobooks, I was like, Whoa, why did you do it? Like, oh, how that? did that pass? But, you know, <laughs> but now it's this cool, charming thing. I was actually considering listening because I have all the inheritance books. I was been looking for like more audiobooks to listen to because of the job that I have it allows me to listen to audiobooks at work. Um, but like, That's I was awesome. considering maybe like Rock of the Inheritance books again. Yeah, I mean, Murtag is coming out or just came out, didn't it? I think it's November or did it just come out? It's November 7th. Nice memory. Nice. Look at me. Uh, okay. Uh, that's, that's it. I, I was talking for so long. What did you do this week? Tell me about you. Okay. So this was like a nice cleanup week for me. I just cleaned up a lot of books, started something new, which I'll we'll end with here. Um, so I spent honestly a lot of the week recapping freaking valor because, mm-hmm. uh, I have a problem just being too detailed in my recaps. And once I got were like a half super detailed one, then I couldn't make the rest like super short. So I was just like, I'm here for it. Though I do think it benefited me and hopefully our listeners in the long run by getting an update on this like, really story, perhaps. So uh, I spent a lot of the week doing that. It took way more time than it probably should have. But uh, I did start reading Ruin and I like it. I like it a lot. I do yeah. think that it is true in what we said during the episode that we uh, did the other night. Which will be out on Tuesday, by the way. Yeah, good. We had a really good conversation about these books. I feel like, and we'll talk about this more in the podcast episode, but man, this, even in the third one, the consistency of the emotional weight of events is like really not yeah, out the there. Tone, the tone is a little... The tone, thank you. That's what I was place. looking for. Yeah. It's all over the place. and it's, yeah. yeah, so that kind of continues on, which is a little odd, but uh, you know, I think it's... Uh, just listen to our podcast episode because there's some redeemable qualities that I don't want to get into because it'll be like a 40 minute thing if I open that door. So <laughs> yeah, uh, listen to the episode because we yeah. do have a really cool conversation. I liked it quite a bit. 
I finished Around the World in 80 Days. Nice. And I think 20,000 League Under the Sea and Journey to the Center of the Earth were equal in my favorites of Jules Verne novels that I've read so far, which is three. This one was fun, but it wasn't as interesting. For some reason, I feel like it wouldn't be. Yeah. No. And wh- and like, I should think, know that, right? Going into it, I kind of like beat myself up because I was like, dude, going around the world is like not as interesting as going into a place we've like never gone, like at the bottom of the ocean or like yeah. into the center of the earth. You know, it's like way more mysterious and fun. So I think this is going to end my Jules Verney, my Jules Verney, my, my Jules <laughs> Verne journey. Oh, that works. Your Jules Verne. That's hard to say. I like it. I yeah, like my it. Jules Verne for now. I'm going to stop Verneying right this second and then I'll come back and Verney more later. And I wonder also, because I think probably too much about these things, if maybe perhaps the fact that I was like having Jules Verne fatigue was why I like this one less. But uh, I don't think so. I think it was just like subjectively, objectively, not as much fun as the other two. But yeah. I definitely will be coming back because Jules Verne has proven himself to be a really good writer whose books I really, really enjoy. Uh, though they do have some weird, choppy, like things that I think you're totally correct in your uh, hypothesis that you gave us a few weeks ago of kind of just the times being differently and the way totally. that a narration goes, you know, cause I was remarking on how the endings seem really weird and that's kind of consistent throughout his books, yeah. just like going along and then, okay. It's, it's, it's just odd, end. you know? Yeah. And so I really think it's, you were correct and that it's like more of a statement of the times and this expectation of the traditional flow of a narrative and how they should happen and play out because we get fed it so often um, in today's world. For sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I also finished when women were dragons. Oh, nice. Uh, so yeah. now you got to read it. I'm, I'm, moving through it. I'm moving through it. Oh, nice. Cool. Uh, yeah, cool, I cool, totally cool. forgot to mention that because I'm reading so much shit right now. But yeah. Yeah, that's okay. This is pretty par for the course. Like you usually will forget one or two books. That <laughs> yeah. It's always interesting to me because I think like, I wonder what I can see. Because I'll try. I'll ask you questions on to see if I can pull out ones that you've just forgotten, even though your brain is like not a forgetty brain. I think it's just because you read so many books simultaneously. I need to stop. And I'm, I'm successful often. <laughs> I think uh, my resolution for next year is to just read like one or two books at a time. Like I'm just getting two is, I'm, one I'm, is un- untenable. Like you will never do that. So yeah, keep it two, two. I think I'm I think I bit off like way more than I could chew this year. I think our podcast did, too. And yeah, I mean, it's good to set goals, yeah. you know, obviously. But And it's good to go into our second year with like high expectations of ourselves and what we can do because we still love the thing that we're doing. Right. So that's cool. Yeah. You're three realistic. I'm going to read like <laughs> one or two at a time, I think, next year and just really because uh, I think I'm reading, reading like six or seven things at a time. You, you really do kind of start to kind of forget what's going on sometimes you suffer for it yeah yeah. it's there's a breaking point but i think um absolutely like two is like the magic number uh i think you can you can do three you can do three totally especially if the third is like a self-help book or some totally different type of book you know i also finished 16 ways to defend a walled city loved it nice great book don't don't i liked it a lot spoil it but yeah the ending was like yeah it's worth the whole book it's really cool worth the whole book but i mean it's not like one of those books where it's like, no, 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 just wait till the ending, then it gets good. Like, it's good no, no, the entire no. time. Even though that's kind of odd, because like, and the actual action in it is kind of, like, it's like, like a lot of supply chain management. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This Which is, is what war truly, really is. Yeah, what is um, it? Um, um, what's it called? Logistics. Logistics, yeah. It is a huge portion of it. The organization that is required for a uh, large-scale combat, especially back in the day, was crazy. Man, I was reading this thing about um, warfare the other day, just a little sidebar, about how they used to pass messages throughout the field of battle because it's chaotic. People are clashing all over the place. There's terrain they can get in your line of sight. They don't have walkie-talkies. They did like this study about like a ton of different 
types, uh, a, ton of, a ton of different battles, and they analyzed the communication methods that they used, whether there were different colored flags or sending people with like little notes, you know, even from like, did the king actually write a note saying, move your troops forward, Mr. General, or did they tell the runner that their words and how that affected the actual battle? And so many battles are won back in the day based upon their ability to communicate quickly and accurately. Oh. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. Um, so I guess don't take the walkie-talkie for granted because it's that or a smoke signal, and man, that sucks. <laughs> you know that there's two more books in the 16 Ways to Defend a Walled City. Like there's like a it's like a trilogy. I think it's called like the the Builders or something like that. I can't remember what it's called. It's not the Builders. You're right. It's called like the the Engineers or or maybe I think he has a trilogy called the Engineer Trilogy, but that's not what this one's called. Uh, How to Rule an Empire and Get Away with It, I think, is one of the other ones. Yeah, and then there's um, a Practical Guide to Saving the World or to Conquering the World, I should say. Oh, you just looked over your shoulder. That means that you have it. Yeah, well, I have all three of them. Yeah, I've only read the first oh, cool. one. Though. Yeah, actually, that reminds me. I should probably read the, ne- the next couple of those. You should. Yeah, I'll read them with you. I, yeah. I enjoyed this one thoroughly enough to absolutely be and completely here for the second and third. I think they'll mostly probably be standalones, right? Like in their story yeah, and characters. In the same world. Yeah, totally. Uh, KJ Parker, I'm pretty sure, is Tim Powers. Oh, no, no, it's not Tim Powers. It's Tom Holt. Yeah, I get those mixed up. But he's written a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of books. Really? Yeah. And he just changed his name for these books uh, i think tom holt is more his uh, like literary fiction name and then kj parker is like his fantasy books huh. stuff i wonder if he like um why he did that like ian banks did that too like uh ian banks has like some literary fiction stuff like um like the wasp factory and then his culture books like the sci-fi series he just goes he goes by ian m banks uh hmm. so yeah i think that i think um shauna mcguire does that too i think also i betcha that a brand that is specifically about one thing is more valuable, right? It's less watered down. We are about just Nalgene bottles or whatever. And so maybe they do that for like a branding reason and also so they can track data like their name or their brand, which is their name, as it's related to specific keywords. And when you're related to like a bunch of, when you're in a bunch of different niches, it can kind of like water down some of the data maybe. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why they do it. I'm not really sure like what the deal is with that because like so Shauna McGuire uses Shauna McGuire for fantasy, I think, or like urban fantasy. Uh, and then she also uses uh, Mira Grant for science fiction and horror. And then A. Deborah Baker for like, uh, there's like a children's like portal fantasy series that she does. See, each one's so niche I wonder if that's yeah. why. I don't know, but it's huh. it's weird because like at a certain point, it's like, like if, if Brandon Sanderson wanted to put out a horror novel like today, like they would, he would not change his name. You know what I mean? Like there was no way that the the publisher would be like, no, we're keeping your name because your name is worth like so so many books. Like totally, but, totally. So it's like at some point you do cross a line where it was like Stephen King. You know, uh, Stephen King was writing under Richard Bachman, but that was like for completely different reasons. Uh, he wasn't writing hmm. in a different genre. He switched to Richard Bachman because he was curious. Uh, to see if people would still buy his books. I wonder if it's like when you sell like to a publisher, you're selling like that type because like we're going to go to this publisher so you can like kind of divide up your like product line essentially, which is represented by the brands, which is your name. And so each one has a different, each product line that you have, whether for kids or fantasy or whatever, has a different you know, brand name. And then you could like divide up the way that you sell that probably a lot easier that way, maybe. Though, of yeah. course, once you're totally right, once you reach a certain size, the name sells. So what are you doing? Oh, I mean, I wonder, too, if it's like an author thing where, I mean, I'm sure there's just different circumstances for different um, things. But, like, I wonder if it's like authors feel like this isn't like them 
or you, you know mm. what I mean? Like I don't know how else to it was a much more personal reason. Or like they they feel like this story is separate enough from the bulk of the work that they were doing that they do want it under a different name. It's like a, oh, they don't want to be like seen through the filter of their previous work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I can like, get that totally. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know. Yeah, because I've, I've thought about it before, like changing, like if I ever wanted to put out some like horror or like a, even like um, kids books or something like something YA or um, even like middle readers. Uh, Cause I have like really considered, like, I think it'd be really fun to try and write something like, you know, like a, like a Rick Riordan or uh Brandon mole, like Percy yeah. Jackson or uh, fable Haven. Type yeah, stuff. yeah. I was just going to say those ones. Yep. Yeah. Like that'd be kind of fun. Like I've never really tried my hand at it before, mm-hmm. but if I did do something like that and I was an established fantasy author, I think I'd probably, probably change, change my name up a little bit. I'd probably do like an alliteration too, like Rick Riordan. Maybe it's my pride, but it would be hard to separate my known self from something that I was proud of. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'd want to be known for this thing that I like spent so much effort and time making. And it's like, yeah, people don't know me by Bob. They know me by Chad. So I'm going to be Chad, you know? Uh, so that way I get the credit, but maybe that's just, again, my pride. <laughs> yeah. But I think that like with, I don't know, with Shana McGuire, uh, like people that really love her stuff, kind of know that it's like a different you just kind of end up figuring it out but i don't yeah. know yeah i think yeah. it's just different for everybody yeah but that's really awesome that you that you read yeah. that book like 16 ways to defend a walled city is definitely i i thought of you while i was reading it before we even started the podcast because like the you know like while i was reading it i was like oh it's, i think chad would like this book and we hadn't even started recording or anything which is really interesting you were not even kind of wrong yeah yeah you really did um i don't know how the other ones are i haven't even really opened them I just grabbed it off my shelf to see if I had still the note in it because it was sent to me by a reader. But uh, I have a few notes that have. Oh, I do. Nice. Ah, go past Chad. Well done, my friend. Because I always like to keep in mind who sent me the book because it's just special to me, you know. And uh, so thank you from Molly. Molly. M-A-L-I. Molly, you sent me this book and I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It absolutely brightened my day. And. Okay, I'll get to that. I'll get to book mail in a second because I want to open the book mail that I received on oh, you podcast. Got book mail. It's cool. really fun. Yeah. This is like an event. Though, oh, let me tell you guys, the discipline that it takes to not open it the whole week is astronomical. So um, be in awe. Okay, so I started the uh, Name of the Wind because you had finished it. And we were talking about like maybe doing an episode or something. We were flirting with the idea last Monday morning minute. And then I like wrapped up. I did a lot of cleaning. So I just like wrapped up all these books that I was working on and started Ruin. And I was like, what should I read? And I was like, before. So I thought maybe the China Mieville that it just got sent me. And then I was like, well, I want to see what's in this book mail that I got. Cause maybe that'll be something yeah. you know, real, real juicy. So I was like, well, I'm just going to read name of the wind. Cause we talked about it. So I've been reading <laughs> name of the wind because oh, it's been, you know, a good three years since I read it. And I don't think I could have been in another month, you know, I was getting the shakes. So <laughs> I'm uh weekend and I'm sure we do often like, Make We're gonna have a whole episode about flaws. this. We, we we have to. We have to. I, I'm not sorry. I'm so we sorry. Do, we do. You, but like, do your thing. Say no, no, what you want to say. Good. But we need to have an entire episode about this. I think. I you're right. We, you're right. Like we're going to exhaust our audience with, with, uh, oh, for sure. the wind content. Cause I'm making a video, for oh, sure. but now go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, I, so. No, I, I won't even, I won't even talk about it very much. All I'm going to say is like, you know, we cast aspersions on it sometimes, but man, that book is so freaking good. Like it's good enough to waste our time making fun of it and trying to find the flaws because man, it is a good read. If you have not read name of the wind, like what you're doing with your life, like go read it right yeah, yeah. now. It's so good. You should, you should read it. <laughs> like you should definitely yeah. read it. It's a cut above a lot of 
fantasy books like it really really is absolutely it is i've been watching a little bit more of the badlands i'm on season three now which is uh pretty good i'm ready for it to be over um some of the i don't know once you get into like season three sometimes it's like the conflict gets a little tired you're like this guy's gonna die and then come back how many times you know yeah but you're committed i'm committed i'm committed yeah i want to finish (laughs) it i want to finish it and i really like it actually it's very good it's a lot better than i thought it was going to be though as we learned last week it's not a netflix show it's an amc show which means which is why it was probably better than i thought that it was going to be the real winner this week was i watched the dune movie again because it was on netflix oh goodness golly gee okay so next time you're gonna buy a tv i'm gonna start way back here in time on my dune talk okay when next time you're gonna buy a tv don't buy the tv Buy yourself like an, an equal amount that you're going to spend on that really nice TV. Buy yourself a projector of equal amount. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Chad loves like the I projector. Have, man, yeah. half of my wall in my room can yeah. turn into a screen. Like even when I'm like doing graphic design, it's like people are bigger than they are in real life. Yeah. It's amazing. I and uh, good, yeah. it looks so good, man. And, the, and Dune, like one of the things that that movie gets the best is scale. They have some yeah. really huge things. Yeah. And it just has this like raw scale. And so that was suited very well to the projector experience. So as much as I said, you know, if you haven't watched Name of the Wind, go read it. If you haven't watched Dune or if you haven't read Name of the Wind, if you haven't watched Dune, go watch it. It is real good. I feel like that movie got so hyped up and then everyone went and saw it and they were like, damn, that was amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. And I feel like that just doesn't, that doesn't really happen that often anymore with stuff. I'm not trying to be like a negative Nancy over here, but I feel like, you know, with the nature of like media on the internet, like everything is really hyped up. Like everybody yeah. just, just because of money, like because everybody, you know, everybody that made the thing and stands to make money off of it really wants you to go look at it. So everyone's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's fucking amazing. They pay you for know? the hype. And, and then... Sometimes you go see it and you're like, wow, uh, not a big fan of that. Wow. But with Dune, like, whew, wow. I have not talked to one person that wasn't a fan of that movie. Like, it's incredible. Damn. It's incredible. Like I went back in time and uh, just this week and I was listening to some old episodes and I listened to me like hyping the Dungeons and Dragons movie. So I was all excited for it. And it kind of sucked. <laughs> now, you know, right. I was like listening to myself be like, I'm so excited. I was like, ah, you know, not young Padawan. But, you know, that's a good example of like the hype. And then you're like, okay, well, uh, I thought the, the new Dungeons was really and cool. Dragons was okay. It was, it was a fun rom. Fine. Uh, they had Dungeons and Dragons as their platform, though. It could have been amazing. The potential was there. I, I think maybe they had too many cooks in the kitchen in that movie. You yeah. Know, like, I think I'd be interested to see, like, who was in the room, like, deciding, like, what was going to be in that. And what their relationship to Dungeons and Dragons was. Because I feel like with a lot of those productions, like, so many people are making decisions, you know, that yep. uh, you kind of got to... I don't know. It must be hard to like land on stuff, especially with something like Dungeons and Dragons and Faerun and stuff. It's like there's so much that it's almost too much, maybe like there's, there's almost too much material. So you kind of right. go with like not necessarily low hanging fruit, but just like stuff, you know, is going to work. And maybe it didn't take like too many chances. Stuff, you know, is going to work. But like, yeah. also, there was some cool stuff about that movie that was like, I feel like kind of out of left field and that really like it made it more like a self-aware movie. Like when that like that big dragon that's like really fat, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like, that's awesome. Like that's that, that's really yeah, cool. it that wasn't was just awesome. like a regular dragon. It was like they added a little a little flair to that. You know, it's funny. It's like cool to look at and it's like different, you know, so it's just. I feel like with that movie, but then there were also moments where it was just like, oh, yeah, of course that happens right now. Right. It was too slapstick. It needed some weight to it. You know, I was, I wanted like a fun fantasy adventure, not this like slapstick, like Marvel. Totally. Dungeons and Dragons movie. You know? I, re- I like the Marvel movies. Oh, sure. I'll be the first one to say that, like the humor, like barely hits <sighs> in those Marvel movies. Like the, the humor, the humor is like, 
like the worst part about them, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like bad ant humor. Well, see, that's the thing, though, is like when you're making a movie at that scale with that kind of investment, I imagine you're like, all right, we need to get asses in these seats. You know, the way we're going to do that is we're going to use big name celebrities and we're going to make it so that if we make a joke, a lot of people will laugh about it that are in like their 50s and 60s who got drugged there by their kids or like by the you know right. what i mean like paying what, for it like what we're gonna do is we're gonna have these jokes that are like bet you didn't think i could do that and then like, <laughs> right, but like right little saucy got, like, one-liners <laughs> yeah but, but you do have people that do have that kind of sense of humor that are like Haha, nice i would have said that too or like you know yeah yeah uh, and it kind of like it's so when you have to like throw all of that into the movie and i feel like i agree right. with you though because with the appeal D&D, factor yeah, like with the new D and D movie, it's like there was definitely there was that kind of like Marvel Marvel factor to it, where it was like uh, the shine, uh, Marvel shine, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted it to be like, I wanted to feel the movie a little more, and I certainly did not. But anyway, enough of Dungeons and Dragons. Let's open some book mail. Oh yeah, let's do a book mail, and that'll be the end of the episode. Uh, I don't think we're doing a fictional fun fact this week. Chad and I have barely been talking a lot lately, and uh, these episodes are running long because. Chad and I haven't been seeing as much of each other, so we're talking <laughs> a whole bunch. Well, and I think both of us feel a little bit of guilt for like the two weeks that we didn't, uh, you know, do it. So oh, we're just yeah. like, you know, might as well, if we got content, we might as well throw it out there if we got the time, you know, which we do. Okay, so I didn't just like get book mail. I know I've been saying that, but like, I got a lot of book mail. What? <laughs> um, awesome. I have these yeah. three packages, and two of them are big boxes. What? So like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but um, it's amazing. And it just made it. my week, and I've just been having this growing pile. So here's the first one. Here's the first package. Cool. I'm going to open. And then I've got two boxes that look like this. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I know. They're heavy, too. Let's see it. Uh, it's like, does everyone know that my birthday is at the end of this month or something? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but if you didn't, it. now you do. Oh, dude, I got books. Seven of He Who Fights with Monsters. This is the next Whoa. one I have. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Let me see it. Dude, it's one thing. This is the first one that I own with physically. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I'm so stoked because I really want these books physically because they're just so good and they need to be like, they're going to be like centerpiece on my shelf once I have all of them. This is beautiful. Yeah, look at this art. That's really cool. Yeah, it looks really good. Wow. Yeah, it really does. So, Shirtaloon's name, he now has on his books, aka Travis Deverell. Yeah, because people were probably asking constantly. I wondered when he was going to make the brand switch. Uh, let's see if there's a, is there a note in here? There is. We will be opening book mail on the podcast from now on, by the way, everybody. So, uh, just Dude, this so is the way you know. to do it. It's so much more fun. So you know. Yeah. I feel kind of guilty, like opening it up alone and then just enjoying it and be like, thanks, Melanie. And also, literally, thanks, Melanie. Now I can say your name into the microphone and not like yell <laughs> it out into the universe. But to all those who I've opened the book mail and didn't have the discipline to wait to the podcast, uh, your name was shouted in a gratitude out into the universe. Yeah, Chad and I like just decided like oh, today so cool. we'd start opening book mail on the podcast, and uh, <laughs> we've been opening a lot of the book mail. Well, I did off it a few weeks ago, and it just yeah, felt awesome. Yeah, it does, and it was fun. You know, let's, let's see the rest okay. of it. I'm curious. Time for book one, Melanie. Thank you so much for the sweet note and uh, the book. It's you know, it's one thing to get a book sent to you for free in the mail. It's a totally different thing to get books sent to you for free in the mail that someone knows someone picked out specifically because they know what you like in books and knows that you will like it that's like way more special right and it's so cool oh my god bro i think melanie sent me all of these books oh what that's so awesome <laughs> yeah there's four more he who fights with monsters book in this Are huge you box wait a from minute. melanie happy early birthday Somebody wow she knew it was all of them she knew it was Somebody, my birthday wow, wow. 
that's melanie that's melanie wow dude but she has sweet note with this one too there's four this the next one's going to be full of Dude, she killed this gift. I don't know, like no one else should give me any gifts because, like, I don't know if you're gonna be able to do better. Uh, <laughs> that's a lie. Keep sending me gifts, but try, certainly try. Um, but Melanie, damn. Okay, I gotta open this one now too. Fortunately, I sharpened my knife just last night. So sharp. Oh, ah, Melanie, you beautiful, beautiful person. There's four more in here. Wow, I think that's all of them. Oh my goodness, dude. I am wow, so stoked to have these. That's so cool. I like. I, we need to like end this episode so I can put them on my shelf and like rearrange yep. all my books around all of these. Oh my gosh, this is awesome, Melanie. Thank you so much. Seriously, like I won't cry on the podcast right now, but I will when we get off because this is really, really awesome and super nice of you. I'm jacked. Wow, yeah, that is a that's pretty good spot cool. to end it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for sending some book mail to Chad. Yeah, that's awesome. Chad certainly deserves it. Thank um, you, everybody. Cool. And yeah, wow, cool little addition to the end of this episode. A uh, correction, I should say. So we were talking at the beginning about Caliban's War and Leviathan Wakes, the two Expanse books that are special editions. Also, Abaddon's Gate is coming out on the same day as Caliban's War in the special edition, and it's uh, got uh, gold sprayed edges. They went the biblical path, huh? Yeah, and it's very, very cool looking. So just in case anybody was curious, I wanted everybody to know about that. Just uh, if you were looking for the cool Expanse like special editions out there, then you can get Abaddon's Gate too. But that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Monday morning episode. Look out for our episode for book two in The Faithful and the Fallen, Valor, which is coming out this later this week. There will be a tale episode finally this week thank you for being patient yeah baby i'm stoked yep, we're doing chapter four of the tale this week uh and then also i'm going out of town thursday friday saturday and sunday i'll be in las vegas visiting my family and uh playing golf with my dad for a couple days uh in like a cool little like golf fabled golf drinking game yeah yeah uh, i don't know if i'm gonna drink that much but uh <laughs> that's what people say before they drink a lot so, <laughs> so yeah i don't know um we'll see what happens with that uh, i'm okay at golf better at drinking but, uh mostly going down there to go see my family my sister is pregnant very very pregnant hey mine too oh really i just learned it this week what? yeah shout Congrats. out to cassie wow cassie's pregnant thank you that's so cool yeah i was uh, yeah, uh, sarah is having a uh, baby boy when's her due date february 18th or something like that yeah so i'm flying down there this week and then um shortly after she has uh jameson her son or my nephew i should say i will be flying down there again pretty much like immediately after uh, and then probably flying down there a lot more frequently too because i don't want to like not be around this kid because they're never zero again uh, yeah and uh they'll, they'll never be one or two or three or four or, and so on either so yeah i gotta be i don't want to be like that like a strange uncle that's like they see him on like the internet sometimes but like i don't know anything about this kid and like i don't want, i don't want that to happen and as a man without babies like pictures aren't going to allow you to fall in love with those kids because like i didn't really even like kids until my brothers and sisters started having babies and then i was like oh, i come into them now you yeah. know because they showed me their way but like a picture you know i could have never know, like learned that lesson through pictures so this is the first time that one of my siblings has had a, a baby well i mean that's not true my stepsister uh had a had a baby but we don't see much of each other like, you have more siblings well yeah like my stepsister heather had a baby but we just we really don't see very much of each other at all mm. but really cute kid uh, odin is his name it's a pretty awesome name but that is a really cool name yeah i want to be around i wonder if it's going to give me baby fever i don't know I feel like I've not wanted kids this whole time, Ooh. but I don't know, man. Like they're pretty awesome. Little, little rascals. I don't know. Yeah, and they're like <laughs> so interesting to interact with. Yeah, kids are pretty you know, because cool. I try to just like treat them like adults, because like I don't know how to interact with the kids, so I'm just gonna like be like me and like not swear. I feel like they kind of like that, and so you have these like really interesting, like sometimes like super esoteric like conversations with them. You know, it's kind of weird. 
but there are just little people. You yeah, know? it was a pretty huge responsibility. <laughs> I think we'll see how the nephew yeah, goes. Yeah, so. <laughs> uncle is awesome. Uncle is funny. great position. Uh, that kid will be reading a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, you will. Uh, but speaking of reading a lot of books, I'm going to go, and Chad's going to go. We're going to go read some stuff. Going to go roll over on all of the He Who Fights with yeah, Monsters books. Thanks again, Melanie. That meant a lot to me. Thank you, seriously. That is a huge, awesome gift. Please go check out the Patreon. We're putting up more episodes all the time on there mostly just me and chad chatting like we do right here but it was just about like not as bookish of stuff it's moved into a higher point of priority so we're making a little bit of patreon content every week before the monday yeah. uh, episode just kind of like catches up stuff so uh, if you want to hear about some of the fun little personal things that we talk about some of the real rabbit trail stuff that we get on and go hop over there also check it with out. the patreon there's like a monthly book giveaway there's a private book club where uh, chad and i are going to be doing when women were dragons pretty soon here he's already finished it i'm working my way I'm through it after best. when women were dragons i think we're doing the new sylvia Miranda garcia book uh the island of dr the daughter of dr moreau oh, cool. which should be really really cool but i don't know yeah patreon really helps us out a lot everybody like um we know Money's tight, but we really appreciate it. It helps the podcast. It really greases those gears, so to speak. But yeah, there's a, Absolutely. There's a Discord. Got all the uh, other stuff I usually plug. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. I'm going to go read. Final thing. Thank you to the Philippines, South Africa, Norway, Portugal, and Saudi Arabia. Still in the top 100, even though we took a two-week break. Whoa. So way to go, those countries, for keeping it real. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody. Bye.